Hello and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle. Thank you for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com as well as the Sonic Cinema Podcast YouTube channel. We continue on with the class of 1999 and we're into a bit of a run here uh, for the most part that's going to be dominated with comedy, which I'm personally a bit relieved for for because of the fact that we it it feels like the first part of this uh journey through 1999 has been dominated by uh more dramatic fare or uh you know big action movies and stuff like that so it's good to get a sense of the comedy of the uh year and one of the biggest comedies to come out in 1999 was uh Paul and Chris White's um American Pie, which will be, uh, which uh, came out in July of 1999 during the summer movie season and was a fairly decent hit. It wasn't one, of, it wasn't exactly one of the bigger hits of the year, but was still, it, it was still a reasonable sized success. And it spawned uh, several sequels, some theatrical, many more on uh, DVD and Blu ray. And uh, to discuss the film, I'm joined by a uh, friend of mine who's been on the podcast uh, before. We've talked about Dark City and The Truman Show and uh, and horror. And uh, I'm pleased to be joined today by Marv Dickey. Thank you for joining me today, Marv. Anytime, Brian. I love I love discussing movies with you. So I I have a confession about American Pie and that I actually did not see this in theaters. Um, really? I, I will admit, so when the trailer first started coming out, it's like, I I was I was in my early 20s by this point, so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a teenager, and I really hadn't gotten into, you know, m- teen movies in really any way in my life growing up. So it's like I never really got into, oh, I've got to see this movie and this movie and this movie. Um, I I was kind of turned off by the trailer. It seemed to be playing up the uh, raunch and the body material, and that really wasn't my thing. That wasn't really something that I had uh, come to appreciate over the years. Um it's surprising given knowing me now, but I wasn't a huge Kevin Smith fan. I was starting to come around to him with Chasing Amy and then later in this year with Dogma. But with uh, the Fairley Brothers, there's something about Mary came out the ne- the previous year, and I just was... I hated that movie. I couldn't stand that movie. I didn't think it was funny. I didn't get why it was such a big hit. So I sort of, um, American Pie seemed to be in that same camp when the trailers came out. So I just, I just didn't see it. Um, which is ironic because of the fact that my, one of my favorite movies from 1999 is South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. But I had been a South Park fan, so that kind of made sense. I eventually saw American Pie on video the next year in 2000 and was very pleasantly surprised. And uh, I became a fan of the franchise. I saw American Pie 2 and 3 in theaters. 
Um, although I skip the DVD, direct to DVD spinoffs and sequels and stuff like that. Uh, and so that's that's kind of my history on American Pie. Um, Marv, what would what is your history? Is this something you saw in theaters? I did get to see it in theaters. Uh, opening night, actually. Uh, my experience was it, it was kind of a, a surprise to me. Uh, to me, I was just getting into my own. I was a Kevin Smith fan at that point because uh, it was after Mallrats when I discovered Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. but before Chasing Amy. Uh, it was hard to track down a copy of Chasing Amy in a small town in Michigan. Tell me, you know, it's especially with the their liberal or not liberal, they're uh, very conservative yeah. thoughts. But uh, anyway, the uh, the video store was for more the 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 films that weren't blockbusters. Mm-hmm. The theater for me was for the films that were blockbusters. Uh, like 1999, of course, we went and saw Phantom Menace at the midnight show. You know, I, I saw a Spy Who Shagged Me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the the bigger the sequels or the bigger budget action films. Is is and I was not really a film snob, but I was just like, I'll watch like subtitled French film or Japanese horror or something. But that's that's for home video. The big big blockbusters, you know, for comedies and stuff. Like I did see something out Mary. I loved it. I got the VHS when it came out. You know, like the first day, and mm-hmm. I watched it. I was tired of it. I have the DVD, but I've watched it once since like 2002. <laughs> I still have it, but I, I just I don't I, I just burned myself out on that, and it's hard to go back to a comedy once you, you kind of burned out on it. Yeah. So I I I don't remember what film I was seeing, but it was a big film from Universal, and then playing before that was the trailer for American Pie. It, American Pie would traditionally fall into the oh, I'll wait till home video to see that one. Uh, but when I saw the, the, the trailer, I was just like, that looks really good. It mm-hmm. looks like it could be possibly pretty, pretty darn hilarious. So, uh, it was, it was coming out. Nothing was like really playing at the time that I hadn't seen, uh, according to my rule of big budget yeah. versus small budget. And, uh, so I decided with, with a couple of my friends to be like, look, America Pie's coming out tonight. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being, let's see, 1999, I was 20 going on 21 later that year. So I was 20 years old. My friends were like 19 and 18. Mm-hmm. So we load up, we go see the movie. The the theater opening night was not packed, you know, so we, I would thought, oh, this movie may bomb, Yeah. you know, but we're here. We paid our, our I think at the time it was like five fifty for yeah. a ticket, like $2 for a popcorn and soda. Those those are the days, right? Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> being that you work, you work in the biz. Yeah, <laughs> it, we went and saw it, and I was actually blown away. I I was like, my cheeks were hurting, like from smiling at scenes. I didn't fully laugh out loud to much of it. Mostly Jim's dad stuff and yeah. the trouble <laughs> that Jim gets into. I laughed out loud, but I the movie makes me smile. Mm-hmm. And it made me smile that night, and I, I kind of fell in love with it. And I, I missed part two in theaters because of personal issues and and lack of funds and places to live. Uh, <laughs> but I, I picked up with American Wedding, and uh, I am a fan of the direct-to-DVD ones. They do have their their moments, and, and I and all the way up through uh, American Reunion. So that's that's my experience with American Pie. I saw it opening night, and I fell in love. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that you said that you 
you you your cheeks were hurting because you smiled more than really laughing. I I think that's I think that points to my overall impression of the movie in that it, it makes me smile more and it makes me laugh. There are some very funny things about this movie. There are some very funny line deliveries and moments and stuff like that. And Eugene Levy is Jim's dad is a big part of that. Um, I don't know how... The movie is not overly funny, but it's... The, the thing that it is and that I think makes it still entertaining is that it's, it's very sincere about what, what it's doing, about the type of story that it's telling. And it's basically a straight, narrow, straight narrow uh, coming-of-age story about four friends who are trying to get laid for the first time in their yeah. senior year of high school. That's all it is. And then you see the women in their lives. You see other, you know, you see other guys like uh, Sean William Scott as Stifler. You see, you know, you have secondary characters like John Cho's character and uh, Jim's dad. And then you you just basically they they the writer and the directors basically populate this world with characters that you might recognize uh, for one reason or another. And it's it's just a very pleasant movie. It's a very sincere movie about what it's doing. It's a very genuine thing about what it's doing, and I think that's one of the reasons it works as well as it does. I agree. Plus, the the, the characters are... They're well-written. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jim, the, the clumsy, every guy. You know, there's the Kevin, who's kind of the douchebag, who... You know, uh, <laughs> who hasn't got there yet, but he feels like he should have already. Yeah. Uh, Oz, the jock. But it doesn't make sense that these guys would be friends unless mm -hmm. this core group have been friends since they were like five. Yeah. Like kindergarten all the way through high school. And they all support each other w when they go off in their own directions. You mm -hmm. know, it doesn't make sense that the jock would be hanging out with with the nerd who would be hanging out with the, the sophisticated art guy. Yeah. Which is Finch, <laughs> yeah. You know, but but I do agree this, and it's and it's very accurate to what high school life really is. Sex is important to high schoolers. Mm -hmm. It's it's in the forefront of discussion. It's in the forefront of their brains. Yeah, at least it wasn't mine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, it's just it's. I, I like how like you used the genuine. It was it was it's real, and it, and it felt real because I was class of ninety seven first, mm -hmm. and then I was class of ninety eight later on. Uh, I had a bad ninth grade, first ninth grade year, uh, <laughs> but it, it it spoke to me like because I, sadly enough, I was Jim. Mm -hmm. I was yeah, I mean, I and and the thing is, it's like I'm probably I was, well, I was definitely much more like Jim than, uh, and I think and that it kind of makes sense that he becomes he's the primary fo focal point of the movie. And Jason Biggs is really in, is is really enjoyable in the role. He 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 does exactly what the role uh, gives him, and he's basically he's basically somebody who he he's trying to he he's the one who's really trying to figure things out. He doesn't necessarily have clear ideas about how this is supposed to go. He's the one who's experimenting. 
more often than not in these movies, in, in this movie. And Oz thinks he has one idea about. Kevin thinks he has another idea about. Finch has another idea about it. And Jim's the one who is kind of lost in it. And he's and that sense of I'm trying to figure things out. I'm you know, I mean he the movie starts out with him watching scrambled porn. I mean mm-hmm. that that's honestly like the best first shot of this entire movie because of the fact that it sets up Jim Jim so perfectly because of the fact that it is it's about him trying to figure shit out. Yeah, he's a a, a super ball bounced around a room trying <laughs> to find the exit, which is sex. Yeah. <laughs> Hush. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it in in a lot of ways, this is very much a very standard high school teen movie, and it's it the is. characters. It's really the characters that bring it through and That's make sweet. it entertaining. Um, I made a, I made a claim of uh, kind of a uh, a prediction, so to speak. It may not have fully come true, but the night I saw it and I loved it, and I said, "This is going to be the '90s version of The Breakfast Club," hmm. uh, because the characters are written so well. The dialogue is really good, yeah. except for there are a few there are a few jokes that makes me like cringe, mm-hmm. like like in the very beginning when Oz says like uh, I was watching Lifetime Supply of Pantyhose or whatever. Yeah, I was like. God, I can't take that joke anymore. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I compared it. I said this is going to be the '90s version of the Breakfast Club. You know, the '70s kids had like Animal House. '80s kids got got Breakfast Club. '90s kids are going to have American Pie. And I don't know how true that that statement is, but from my angle, I, I think I was kind of correct. Yeah, and I, I, you know, and it's weird because of the fact that I mean, I think you could make a point for. I, I certainly think you can make that point with. American Pie to a certain extent, but I mean, I know some people would also kind of say, well, maybe Days and Confuse as well. That's as, true. As being more of a breakfast club. But I mean, that's that's a movie that's set in a very specific time and place. Like this, this is this. Yes, I mean, is very much you know, it it follows. It's very clearly in the nineties but it doesn't knock you over the head with 90s pop culture and oh. 90s uh, attitudes, 90s slang, and <laughs> stuff like that. So it's it's very much in... It's, it is something that is a, a little timeless in that respect. So, I mean, to, I, I, would, I would agree with you to a certain extent. I mean, I think, I think sort of like this in Days and Confused might sort of share it, but I mean, they're, they're definitely two sides of the same coin, I think. Yeah. They're, um, yeah, it, it, this days confused folks to nineties kids, like, you know, as you know, through the seventies and America pie, I would say is more of a time capsule for what the late nineties truly were. Yeah. <laughs> as far as like, especially with like technology, because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it, it, some of it's a bit, some, it, some of it, it's a bit uh, off. You know, like the webcam thing mm-hmm. with the sending emails to, I don't, I haven't been to school since like a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how the, the schools do 
emails anymore or is there like Facebook pages for that the, the schools I, or it's, I don't I, know. I'm not really completely sure either, but I mean it, it would still be very like you're not like even even in high school, I have a hard time believing that you would be able be capable of sending an email to everybody in the school. With one click. With one click and not realize that that's happening. <coughs> because chances are you've got email addresses for your click of friends, maybe the teachers that you're and other administrators, and that's about it. Chances are I mean it's that is basically a that's 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 a movie trope right there. Yes, like it is. oh, this is something that's you know, and you know, this is something that is going to you know, it happens only in the movies. Now, no doubt it's happened in real life as well. Like with, you know, you accidentally send an email to everybody at work and stuff like that. It's like, yes, you're that that can happen. It just doesn't happen as frequently as or as accidentally as it it's portrayed here. Right. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, you you basically you basically uh, nailed all of the uh, character types, you know, among the four friends. It's like you've you've got Jim, you've got Oz, who's kind of dumb. He's a jock, but he's kind of a, he's kind of dumb, but he's also sweet. And yeah. then Kevin's kind of a douchebag, um, and I mean, he's he's but he's a and he's a douchebag because of the fact that he feels like he and Vicky played by Tara Reed should be further along in the process and have had sex by this time than they are. Yeah. He, he takes her for granted. Yeah. And, and he, he really only has one mission with her and that's to, to, uh, mm -hmm. you know, go all the way. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of the things that I like about this is the way it's, the the way one of the nice things about this um is that it really shows different levels and the way those levels adapt and change because of circumstances uh you know whether it's self-inflicted or not of you know how much pressure all of these people these guys feel about having sex like kevin yes. obviously is very pre all of them feel some pressure to a certain extent because of, you know, you know, Kevin feels that way because of how long he has been, he's been with Vicky. He's like, well, why hasn't this happened yet? I mean, Especially, partly because of the fact that he is incapable of saying, I love you to her. Yeah. So, it, I mean, or he's not, he's not, he's not actively looking for love. He's actively look actively hoping to score with her when yeah. he, he, he's not ready to, Excuse me. He's not ready to find his feelings towards her. He's he's trying to feel towards her. <laughs> mm -hmm. But and, and that's very prevalent when when say Sherman comes downstairs after uh, you know in the morning after the party. Yeah. And he says goodbye to the the girl from the other school, and you know he he basically says you know it's, you know it's my time or wait maybe maybe it was during the party where he says if Sherman if Sherman gets laid before I do, uh he. he Man, I can't remember. It was so it was during the party when Kevin says that because it, oh, yeah, it's it right is, after Sherman closed the door. Yeah, yeah, that's and right. It was um, it was when um, 
Sherman walks down after the party that they make this pact that they're all going to get laid by the end of high school, which they basically have the default as we're we're gonna all have sex by prom night. Yeah. And I instead mean, of just all them going their willy nilly ways trying to score on their own, they're gonna come together and help one another and Yeah. Which you know, sometimes works out for the better. Sometimes, most of the time, works out for the worse for one reason or another. Yeah. By the way, they didn't help Finch at all. No. Finch had to help himself. <laughs> he, he had to do. He had to do before then too. Yeah. I mean, it, to like Finch has an inter, like Finch has kind of an interesting way of approaching it. I mean, I it it makes sense that it didn't work. But it he also has like he he's somebody who doesn't really seem to I, I think he his character I don't know, I'm trying to think of like cause you see a lot of change in Oz's character because of uh Heather, the character played by Mena Suveri. Um and he he sees her initially as, you know, a target to be had. You know, which is kind of been his, which is kind of his mo at the start, and then realizes that it's like there's a lot more to it than just that, and you know, it's like I I need to be doing this for you know I I can't just be thinking about sex about this, and it's like this is a girl that I genuinely like and I'm genuinely interested in. Yeah, a lot of the pressure comes from Stifler too. Yeah, which you know, side note. Uh, Stifler is one of just based on American Pie only, not the sequels. He's one of the best supporting characters in the history of comedy. <laughs> I I would I would agree I would agree with that. I mean I, like, I would certainly. I didn't agree want to with argue that. with you today. Yeah. No. I, <laughs> no. I I would genuinely agree with that. And I mean I I think he he's you know he and he's somebody who he's. He's such he's an obnoxious character, but that's why he's so funny, and that's why he's think, so enjoyable in this movie. And I think he fully represents the 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 whole, uh, say their their year, their class, peer pressure all in one character because he's he's the one telling them time to time to get laid. What are you waiting for? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you guys are jerks. This is funny. Ha ha. You know. He, you know, he, he, I think he is a, the physical embodiment of the peer pressure they feel as being a part of being the 17 or 18 year olds that they are. Yeah. And he, he also is somebody who he base, he, he bases everything on his ideas and like his wants and stuff like that. He, he basically gives Jim like arguably the worst advice ever because he's the one who's. He he's the one who's basically um he he's basically the one who suggests the uh the webcam. webcam to him yeah. when it comes to Nadia played by Shan Elizabeth. And it's like that that ends up being obviously the worst thing possible. And and it really is that that scene is I I watched that scene very carefully. I kind of for I almost I didn't forget about it, but it's like I kind of forgot about it because it it's a scene that and we can go ahead and get into this. That scene is that scene now would be very you couldn't really do that scene now. Because it I was it, gonna 
I have that in my notes. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't do that scene now. And really, you could question how much you could have done you should have done that scene then. Because basically he's he's doing this without Nadia's consent. Yes. And you know, that is and that's, that's an important no, no. distinction. That's very bad. Yeah. I will say, however, you know, and it's weird because of the fact that it's like, I will say right after, after, as I was watching the movie, it occurred to me that, yes, he, what he's doing with the webcam is, is wrong. Ultimately, he, and the thing is, it's like, on the one hand, he does get punched because he's the one who ultimately gets humiliated. Yes. Through you know, what happened, you know, him, him, you know, premature, you know, him being premature, not once, but twice in yeah. front of her. But also it occurred to me like yesterday that in a way he, while that initial humiliation happened, like that's also sort of the reason that Michelle, the Allison Hagen character was, interested in going out with him yeah and and we can and we i definitely have a lot to talk about with uh with michelle because she she's the reason i love american pie 2 as much as i do because of how much they expanded on her character and i definitely had and part of it is yes part of it was buffy bias at the start because of the fact that she's Allison Hagen was Willow and Buffy, and I was, yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm messing with you. (laughs) But Um, before we move before we move on to Allison Hagen, real quick, yes. There's one thing that they that's been glossed over for years that I don't think anybody's brought up unless I just haven't heard it and seen it. Okay. The webcam is filming her getting naked. Is she 18? (laughs) Is this child? Is this child porn? Yeah, I mean. that that so, thought didn't occur to me until I was watching it the other night because I haven't seen it. I, in I didn't even think about. Four years. I didn't even think about that. Um, like, she's a high school we, student. There's she's, possibility. She's she's a high sc- yeah, she is a high school student, and even if she's a senior, could mean that she was 17 at the time. Yeah, um, but still, that, that's still child porn here in the states. Yeah, uh, that's that. I I don't think I've ever really heard anybody bring that up. I uh, and that's something that's. And that's another thing that really uh, adds to the the problematic nature of that scene in general. Now, yeah. what's but, but we're also looking through the filter of 2019 versus 1999. True, but in 1999, that was the probably that and the pie scene were the most two most popular scenes, I'm sure, amongst the young men that were the target audience for the yeah. film. And honestly, like, but the thing is, that at least. At least in the pie scene, the only thing that is being objectified is an inanimate, you know, piece of food. And yes, yes it's it's raunchy and you know it's a bit skeevy to <laughs> think about. But at the same time, that's still, you know, you you got David Lawrence who wrote the music doing like his faux porn music, <laughs> and and the the I it there. There are a lot of things about this that are really, you know, the idea that, you know, is is Jim's dad coming home at like a time that Jim necessarily wouldn't have necessarily realized that he was coming home at during that? Right. Because it's well, he like was, he was a lawyer, right? 
something like that. We I, find I don't out, remember. Yeah, because he he was a lawyer for the the Beta House uh, in the Beta House movie. He was like the the fraternity's lawyer. So yeah, oh, I okay. guess lawyers probably have a little <laughs> bit of a relaxed schedule. <laughs> yeah. So it's like so. How how did Jib think that that was a good idea for any reason? But I mean, why that, not take that's, the pie upstairs? Yeah, exactly. But um. <laughs> But I mean, at least so. At least with that, it's like the only thing being violated is a piece of food, um, and hilariously though, it's very hilarious. And when, like, when, when Jim's dad says, "We'll tell your mother that uh, we'll we just ate tell it her all. we ate it, we yeah, ate it all, we ate it all." Um, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that just like it just made me snort the other night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that scene still works for the most part. But yeah, I didn't even think about. It. Uh, Nadia's age when it comes to the uh, webcam scene, age. but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean that. Wow, that adds a little bit more problematic. But I mean, I will say <laughs> like Shan Shan Elizabeth in this Shan Elizabeth in this movie is basically just being objectified. I mean, that's she. There's not really a whole lot about her character in this movie. She's just somebody. She she's just the she's the object of. Jim's lust is basically and a lot of other sound. A lot of other guys in the yeah. Because uh, Stifler even kind of flirts with her when he's doing the rounds at the party. Yeah, sort of. Mm-hmm. And um, but I will say, like during that scene with the webcam, it's like I like the fact that she basically, like I like the fact that she basically turns the tables on Jim, and it's like okay. You know, you're you're going to embarrass me in this way, and she's not, she's not even fully aware of the way that he's embarrassing her. It's like, let's see what you have. Yeah. Now, I mean, she, that's that's a very movie. Again, it's a it's another very movie thing. It's not necessarily yeah. something that would happen in real life. Right. But at the same time, it it's it's something that. It it really shifts some of the bounce in that scene, which still you know which we've established has issues with it. But at the same time, it it ends in a way where it doesn't end in the way that Jim is expecting it to. Right. And that's so it's it's sort of a form of movie justice. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So that was, and, and when he shows up to school the next day, when people are all just like, you know, he doesn't understand what's going on. And it's, he, he comes all smiling onto the property and then, and then people are just start mocking him and his smile goes away. And then right before he goes into the school, there's a, there's a, a girl, uh, a female dancing yeah. in front of him. That girl, I, I wish I knew, I knew her name because that girl was awesome. Yeah. Just that dance she did with him. I just, it, it made me, it made me laugh so, so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the women in this, the women in the movie, uh, are, they, they obviously don't have quite the comedic material that the guys do. Um, but I mean, I, I think they definitely have their moments and this may be some of, uh, Tara Reed's most enjoyable work on, on screen. I think. You don't like the Sharknado films? I mean, I, I've only <laughs> seen the first one. But, I'm jo- I'm joking, man. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's lost something. To, she wasn't really good in this. Yeah, she, she definitely like she's. 
I don't mean to dog on her, but her acting is not great. No, no. It's very, very high school play-ish. Yeah. I mean, she, yeah, I mean, she, I mean, it also doesn't help that, like, she's, she's not really, she, she's not written to give much, have, have much to do, like, especially when it comes to, you know, her relationship with Kevin, like, she, she has, she has moments of calling him out and stuff like that, but, you, you know, it's like the, the biggest call moments, uh, Kevin is called out when it comes to, uh, Vicky come from uh, Natasha Leone's character as yeah, uh, Vicky's best friend, and Natasha <laughs> Leone is fantastic in this movie. She's she's always good. Yeah, um, I call her the Oracle. Yeah, because <laughs> she's the one that just like she always has the answer. Yeah, I mean she in a way she's like the she in a way she's sort of the equivalent of Stifler, where it's like she's she she seems like she knows more about you know this she knows more about sex than everybody else but the difference between her and stifler obviously is that stifler is you know he's obnoxious and he's very stereo stereotypical uh search and destroy when it comes to sex and like natasha care natasha's character is she's more knowing and intelligent I feel like she went had a very slutty junior high and high school, but the last couple of years she's mellowed out and matured, and <laughs> and and she's using her wisdom to her advantage. Also, I like to I like to imagine that she has this weird Freaky Friday incident with her daughter, and <laughs> in the in the real uh, uh, what was her character's name again? Oh, what, I, I'm so, uh, what's Natasha Leone's character? Uh, I don't. I can't man, remember. I, Jessica. Yeah, is I think that that is it. That is it. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like her mother and her like like bumped heads or something, <laughs> and is she you know she's really like forty on the inside, and she's <laughs> dealing with these kids that just want to get laid. Yeah. And she's just like, ugh, just go do it already, you know? Please, you know, just get out. And they're stuck permanently. Her daughter's off at work right now, you know, in her body. <laughs> you know, I, that's the kind of thing. I think there's a hidden movie here that we just haven't seen. Well, the thing is, it's like. You know, yeah, and her her character's name is Jessica. It's like she's somebody who like she she can be she she can be venomous when it comes to you know these the way these these guys act when it comes to sex and especially when it comes to Kevin. But at the same time, you see the you you see the relationship. She you see some semblance of the bond that her and Finch have. And it's like it's really kind of sweet, you know, the idea that she would go along with this for, you know, that she would go along with this idea that Finch is like great in bed and stuff like that, and then later on just you know say, hey, you know what, I I kind of feel bad about taking your money for this, and it's like here you go, and gives him the flask, and it's like. There's more to that character. I mean, the the way you look at it is sort of like, oh well, you know, you you, you know, sort of a Freaky Friday. She's older than she seems. I mean that that's definitely that's definitely a part of her character that uh, you you get hints at, um, even if it's uh, very subtle hints. Yeah, I feel I feel like that's how that's why I really love these characters because they feel like there's. 
they're very fleshed out. Like I feel Finch helped her out in a pinch in the past, maybe once or twice. Yeah. Like what homework, whether it's somebody bullying her, whatever. Finch was there for her, and mm-hmm. I feel like it was her turn, her turn, her time to return the favor. I feel like there's a there's a history between those two, of you know, uh, platonic uh, admiration towards each other. Yeah. Um, Mana Severi is really sweet in this movie. Like, is that so, how you say your name? I think that's how you say her name. So I've been saying Mina Savari for for <laughs> since American I, Pie. Actually, actually, you know what? I think you're probably you're you're probably right. I can't remember how I pronounced her. I can't remember how I pronounced her uh, last name on the American Beauty podcast earlier this year. Um, but that's yes, okay. We'll, she, we'll just call her Heather. She, she was yes. Her her character's name was Heather and. She she's basically the choir girl that uh, Oz falls for, and this this is such an opposite of her character in American Beauty, and the idea that she was not only in two movies with American in the title, uh, in the same year, but the fact that she was in two movies named American with characters who couldn't be more different, and she shows she. She chose some range between those two characters. Yes, she does. It's uh, the 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 choir girl, the the bookworm. Mm-hmm. You know, the her Saturday nights, Fridays and Saturday nights are spent watching movies and you know making cookies. And yeah, the goody two shoe girl. By the way, that's what I was attracted to in high school. I, I like the bookworms. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean she she's I mean honestly yeah she she's definitely I I would say she's she's more appealing than like I mean probably I I think she would be more appealing to me than like Vicky is in in if you were going by these characters I mean Jessica would be appealing but in a different way because mm-hmm. of the fact that I mean. The, the fact that she's so, you know, she'll she'll tell you how it is and basically tell you whenever you're wrong. And, right. you know, she'll she'll help you get on the right path. Um, but, yeah, Heather Heather's definitely is it's it's funny seeing the difference between her character and this, which, like you said, is very, very sweet, very to herself. And, you know, probably somebody that not a lot of people have. Um, noticed and you know Oz notices but for you know one reason to start out but then for another reason when he comes to realize that he's fallen for her. and um, yeah. she's just so good like his true real, real feelings there he's, she's not a conquest anymore yeah and in you know you compare that with her character in American Beauty where her character in American Beauty is full of confidence has has so much confidence and so much uh, understanding of how she, how men re- react to her. Yes. And um, will play it's into all, it, but is it also all very false. vulnerable. It's also false confidence. Yeah. yeah. It's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, that's one, and that's one of the things that I noticed in rewatching American Beauty that made that less uncomfortable than it really is because of the fact that it's like if if it were just a matter of oh her character's 
you know, just a girl that, you know, Kevin Spacey's characters, you know, jonesing for, and there's not much to her, it would be really, un- it, it's still really uncomfortable because it's essentially the Lolita story. It's a riff yes. on Lolita is what it is. But if that character, but if that character does not have a personality or more personality than the type of personality that she does, then it's it's even more uncomfortable. But because of the fact that you you understand her character's point of view, that that's what ultimately it's it's still uncomfortable, but it's also very human. Yes. And so that's that's why and the fact that she could show such such variety of emotions between these two performances in the same year in a couple months span is really impressive. Right, plus she was um she was in the Carrie sequel as well that year. Oh yeah, that's right. I complete that's right. She was she was the uh yeah, she's the girl who uh, kills herself in the beginning. Yeah, Lisa. Um, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. She must have had a busy '98. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, yeah, we. I. I can. It's been several months since I'd watched the Rage Carry Two, but I. Uh, yeah, I completely. Yeah, I, <laughs> I. I completely forgot she was in the beginning of that. Um. And and that that brings us to the character of Michelle. And I will admit, I'll I'll probably be geeking out a little bit about this character. Are you gonna gush? I I'm probably gonna gush a little bit. Although I know I've gushed a bit more on one of my one of my first attempts at recording a fan commentary, which has never been released uh, fully, um, because of the fact that it's like it ended up really being more about a couple of scenes and stuff like that that. Allison Hagen did in the movie is I bet one of my first attempts at doing a fan commentary uh, when I started doing that in 2003 was for American Pie 2. And the reason was because of the way it brought Michelle, played by Allison Hagen, to the forefront and essentially turned her into the romantic lead in these movies, or at least the, the theatrical movies. And um, this, you know, and you you look at her in the first American Pie, it's really kind of interesting. I, I sort of saw something in the, the character before that I didn't really think about until this, this past rewatch for the sake of this podcast. So the, what she's primarily known for is she's, she's a band geek. And she basically... Or, okay, she's this movie's, you know, this movie's version of a band geek. And she starts out everything she says basically with this one time at band camp, and it goes (laughs) like that and that and that. And more or less everything she says starts out with that. And then there's a scene at the prom where her and Jim have gone to the prom together, and she... She gets into a raunchier uh, story and basically says the whole punchline to that run of jokes, which is, you know... What she did with the flute. Yeah, which is, 
<laughs> by the way, would be the most uncomfortable fucking thing imaginable. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's got, it's got me puzzled. What end did she go? No, never mind. Yeah, I, I'm not even going to go there. It's, it's, <laughs> ugh, it's, it's troubling. Um, she but was, Allison Hannigan was was your Willow at that time, right? She wasn't. She was Willow on Buffy at the time, and okay. yeah, that's how you know, I knew her. You know so, that I, I didn't. I didn't watch Buffy until like 2014. Yeah, like one episode. I didn't see one episode until like 2014. To me, when I saw that movie, like when it, when she we first see her in the very beginning, when the boys are walking through the uh, hallways, when she's like, you know, it'd be funny if today in band class we'll we'll play our music our music our instruments backwards. Like I was like. Is that the girl from My Stepmother's an Alien? Yes. She, that, her that's, that's and <laughs> Seth Green, who, oh, played yeah, right. her, who played her boyfriend at one point on Buffy. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, so that's our yeah. two different takes on that. You knew her from more recent work. Yeah. I was like, hey, is that the kid from from that, <laughs> that family-friendly sci-fi movie? Yeah. Yeah, which I... Don't remember if I've ever seen that in its entirety, but uh, yeah, um, that so yeah, that's how I knew her from, and um, yeah, so I mean, admittedly, yes, part of it is because of the fact that you know, I'll admit, yes, part of it when the when I first saw the movie was because of the fact that she's, you know, she's a band geek, and you know, it's the band thing. I you know, I was in band for four years and high school and three years in middle school. So it's like, yeah, okay. That was, had, that was part of it for me. I'm not going to lie. I had five years worth of band, but, um, what I, instrument were you? Trombone. Trombone. I was going to, I was going to predict, uh, uh, percussion. Nope. Trombone. I, I was, uh, can you guess mine? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's play a game. Ooh, this is, <laughs> tuba oh is it because i'm fat <laughs> no uh i was saxophone all, oh okay all, all, okay so i played soprano alto I, mainly I alto I tenor and baritone I don't, I don't even you know when i think of woodwinds for some reason saxophone didn't even cross my mind but it's like i didn't necessarily see it as a trumpet player or french no. horn but french it's horn? like yeah but I, that okay, been saxophone, yeah. I okay. Sorry, sorry to go on a tangent, no, you're but you're fine. Fun, you're fun. fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the the thing that I so yes the I and yes so there was part of it that that appealed to me at the time. You know what continued to appeal to me about her character was not just the fact that she was a band geek, but that the way that they treated the character in American Pie 2, she basically became the romantic lead. And I I really like the way that she continued to bring something to the character throughout the movie, throughout the, the first three movies, at least. It's been a while since I've seen American Reunion. Um, so I need to, I need, I do want to rewatch that at some point. Um, the the thing that I noticed this time, uh, watching watching the movie and something that I really was struck by when it comes to her, it's like yes, it's basically her character is basically you know throughout jokes about you know this one time at band camp and stuff like that, this rainbow teeth of that, and you know you see the climax of that when it comes to 
um, when it comes to, you know, what she reveals to Jim at the end of, you know, at prom. And basically, the thing that I like about that and the thing that didn't really, I didn't really think about until this time, like, all of the, even though those one time at band camp are, are really basically, they're supposed to be, like, little one-hit jokes on the same idea, what she's also what she's also doing and it comes back to it comes to a scene where they're dry, uh, walking up to Stifler's house after prom and she realizes it's like hey you haven't told me any of your memories yeah. and it occurs to me and it occurred to me for some reason it just didn't register with me until this time hearing that line where it's like what she's doing throughout the entire film with these band camp stories is she's basically telling us about the memories that she's going to carry with her after high school. Yes. And it's like, that's what, and so we've been learning about, we've been learning about this character the entire time through stories that she enjoys stories that have an impact on her. And it's like, yeah, and they're all every time she says it was one time at band camp, they're all you had to be there stories. Yeah. And and, and it sets it sets Jim up for like, you know, uh just here's another one. Yeah. And and the thing is, it's like it wasn't, you know, and you tell and you know, he he tells, you know, she she's been telling these stories and it's like, "Oh my god, it's like we're we're getting to know this character. We didn't even necessarily realize it." And so when you see when she does have her big punchline for the one the band camp stories and then tells Jim, you know, are we going to have sex? And it's like this is just this is her creating another memory for her. Yes. And it's like this is, you know, it's like she you can see that she's in in the way she brings up, so are we gonna screw soon? Uh, I fancy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you can tell that she's she's on this same journey that Jim is. We just yep. didn't realize it. Yep, we didn't we, see it from her perspective. Yeah, we didn't see her as a uh, a sexual being. Yeah, and so the way she approaches the the big scene and the way it pays off by the fact that it's like she's gone by the next morning. Which is hilarious. And yeah. like he and, and the he whole has how rough she was. It's like I in I the act of uh, having sex, she was very rough and yeah. very <laughs> dominant towards like, Jim. You you think you know me, you don't know me. And yeah. that's that's <laughs> the thing that that's the thing that was so great about that. And that I like to I like to imagine she lost her virginity that night too. Yeah. Because she because she mentions she says the line, what, you don't think I know how to get myself off? Yeah. Like, she never mentioned, like, you don't think, she she never said, what, you don't think I've had, I haven't had sex before? Mm-hmm. You know, she, I, I, I like to imagine her view of sex comes from aggressive porn. <laughs> like that whole, what's my name? Say my name! You know, very, like, she's into a certain kind of, like, uh, dominate, you know, like she would be a dominatrix, which she almost was in American Reunion, because the scene where Jim's all dressed up like a um, 
in the the leather shorts, and he gets chased out of the house by the the neighbor girl that he used to babysit's boyfriend. Uh, and oh, she I comes see. out. She comes out dressed like a dominatrix, and <laughs> you know, and he's got chains. I, I completely his neck. forgot about that. Yeah, I definitely need to see where yeah, you so again. She she's definitely uh, she's into that kind of kink, but I don't yeah. think she. I think she she was into it then, but she only explored <laughs> it through porn, and that's why she was very aggressive with yeah. Jim. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, and I mean, ultimately, it's like. So in in that respect, it's like I it makes me like the character realizing all of this that it's like okay she's basically been telling our her us about herself this entire time, and it's like we're learning we're learning about this character through her experiences with high school and in high school and the memories that she's going to take out of high school, and it's like it makes me like the way that they wrote the character even more because it does add layers that we didn't expect. Yes. And I mean, so it really almost, and the thing is, so it almost feels like, even though, you know, who knows if they necessarily had this in mind that it makes sense that she ended up being the, the lead female character in these movies. Yeah. Yeah. You and know. I really enjoy, like you said, it gives it depth. Uh, we find her very cold at the end of when she, you know, Jim wakes up and he's he's cuddling Godzilla, yeah, or just a inflatable dinosaur or whatever. Uh, she's gone. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of very cold. But we find out in part two that she left because she didn't want an awkward goodbye. You know, and, yeah. And I feel like she really did like Jim, like genuinely like Jim. Yeah. But she didn't want to be there for the the morning after where. I feel it was more protecting her feelings than was protecting his, even though she says mm-hmm. the opposite in part two. I yeah. think she, she had feelings towards Jim and, and, uh, and that was why she's, she ran off. Yeah. It's been a while since I've watched part two. I need to do that. I, I, I need, need to watch, I need to watch all of the, the main four, the main four again. Um, well, I mean, I've just watched American pie, but I mean, two wedding and then reunion. Yeah. I definitely need to see those again. Well, like, like I told you, I, I may have had an experiment where I watched part one mm-hmm. and directly after I watched part two to see if it would work good for, say, just they never had part two, three, the, the, the straight to DVD sequels. Yeah. It was just if there was just those two movies, 13 years apart, it does work as a sequel, except for there are some jokes that just there's some lines that just don't it would be confusing to somebody who hadn't seen the other ones. Yeah. Like when Oz says, I'm sorry, I missed your wedding. Like it, it's oh, a nothing, yeah. it's a nothing line, but it's like, yeah, Oz wasn't in American Wedding. That's right. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. No, that's right. No, that's I couldn't remember whether it was that's right. Kevin was in American Wedding. I forgot about that. Yeah. I. Oz, that's right. Oz it was, was it was it was uh, Oz that missed the wedding. I forgot about that. I think yeah. it was a scheduling conflict with with some other some other movie like Rollerball or some crap. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I don't remember. I, I don't even. Yeah. You want to review that one someday? Uh, no. Okay. It, I won't it was, okay. That would that would be interesting if we did both the original and the remake. Who, that would be that, interesting was to that do. James Con. Yeah. Okay. If if we did the original and the remake, I think that would be interesting. I don't know if 
without that motivation, I don't know that I could ever get myself to ever watch I, the, yeah, uh, life is short. Let's the not remake again. <laughs> Life's too short. Is so Let's awful. not watch roller rollerball again. Oh dear lord. I was I was it's <laughs> God, John McTiernan really like John McTiernan is a director who just like he I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, it was but, like hit this for the longest time. Well, I mean, he he had like one of the greatest three movie runs in history with like Predator, Die Hard, and Hunt for October, and then like, oh hey, the Rollerball sequel. Or Yay! Yay! What the, what everybody's been asking for? Yeah, with the kid from American Pie. Yeah, the no, not <laughs> not not the the one that everybody liked. Yeah, the, the the weird jock that was uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Um. So, so yeah, yeah, Allison. Allison was Allison's character is is great, and I think it's a. American Pie is a a wonderful act one for Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, part in in part two, it's it's like the thing that I love about that is that it's like you 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 see you see how difficult it is for her to be helping Jim. You know, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're talking about, you know, the sequel, but it's like we're you can see how difficult it is for her to be basically helping Jim try to score with Nadia. Yeah. And it's like, you, you see that and it's like, you can see that difficulty on her. And it's like, it's, it's one of the most engaging parts of like, there's a reason like that character just resonated with me in that movie. And it's like, it was because of the fact that, um, they they just wrote her the right way. They wrote that situation the right way, where it's like, you know, Jim's still figuring, still real, still figuring shit out, and he's still getting it wrong. It's like, yeah. Nadia is, you know, <coughs> Nadia is the fantasy you have in high school. Michelle's the one that you end up you're going to marry. It's and Michelle's, yeah. It's it's lust versus love. Yeah. I mean that's basically what it boils down to, and it's like, I I mean I I think you know I as much as as much as I still like American Pie, I think overall I think I probably like American Pie two more, and it's not just because of how they uh, how they expand the character Michelle. I just think it's I I feel like I like that the way that they bring the characters back in that one a little bit more. I mean, I do think American pie is probably the better film overall. Um, but, uh, yeah. On a personal level, you enjoy part two more. Yeah. Do you think it was because it was more age appropriate for you because they were sort of like 20, 21, Wait no, they were younger because it was left only after one year of high school. Yeah, I I don't I don't know if it was necessarily that. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily that, but um, I I think I think the fact that the first, I think the fact that the first one was as sincere and not uh, just not devoted to being just body and raunchy. The the fact that you you could sort of see that this was a mo- these were movies that were going to wear their hearts on their sleeve, even though they're kind of body. 
Um, I I think that's one of the things that I really liked about it. And yeah, I mean the the fact that I was coming out of college, I think that probably helped. So, um, and you know there there are a lot of things about that um, about that time of my life. It's like I was I was very much in. That that was very much a transitional point in my life, but um, it was it was one where it's like uh, American Pie two did have an impact on me, and I mean, here. yeah, and the and you know American Pie like I when I wrote when I watched it like I was in the middle of my uh, my trip to Ohio in two thousand with my uh, mother because of the fact that my grandfather was. Uh, he he was he was ill with cancer with cancer and he died that during that trip and it's like that helped it was nice to it was nice to have that escape with american pie and that's kind of how i felt about it and it's like it was also helped that it was a very pleasant surprise for me i didn't expect the movie that i got with it i'm sorry i'm sorry you had to lose him yeah well i mean it, We're, yeah, it was, it was going, yeah, that was, that was, I, I, I will talk more about that at some point. Um, I, I have a lot of great movie related memories with my grandfather. I definitely want to, uh, I definitely want to talk about that. Um, at some point, uh, the, but maybe not in the raunchy comedy. Yeah. Not, not when it comes to this movie in particular, but certainly when it comes to other movies, um, but I mean that will be a separate that'll be a separate episode for the podcast that I'll uh, do at some point. Um, I look forward to it. Yeah, getting uh, back to it like, with the girls. Like I don't know if you have anything more to say about Michelle. In no, America. that's fine. I was I was gonna say if you had anything more to say about you the can, movie. Oh, I got I got a few notes that I haven't I haven't touched on yet. Um, as far as the girls are written, as the guys are written fantastically. Yeah, and the girls are written fair. And and to to be fair, it's hard to be a male, especially in your twenties. I think they were in their late twenties at the time. Yeah, when uh, they wrote, uh, who was the writer? Was it Hertz? Yeah, it was Hertz. Uh, Adam Hertz. Uh, yeah, when he wrote it, I think he was in his mid to late twenties. It's hard to put yourself as a, a man in your mid to late twenties in the frame, the mind frame of a female senior in high school. But yeah. I think he did a fair enough job with. Uh, he did more so with Michelle, eventually. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but it was a good. It's a good setup, and I think he did fair with all the girls. But the guys, he did great job on. Yeah. Um, and, but another thing I like about about the uh, the filming of it was there's subtle jokes throughout throughout the movie, and just for a couple examples that that. Um, do you remember when uh, a short haired blonde girl asks? Uh, Kevin about Finch's how big his manhood oh, yeah. is, yeah, and and he tells him, oh yeah, it's huge. And she walks like he he's staring like off in the distance, like like what the hell's going on? And she <laughs> walks away in the background. You can see her put up her hands, like you know, like you're measuring the size of a fish, <laughs> you know, you know, like and and she gets all excited, and the girls get all excited. Well, the funny, the funniest thing about the the thing that I love about that is that moment in particular is that when when. Because Finch has just told them it's like anything you hear about me, just say that it's true. Yeah. And um, so the this girl comes up to him after that, and he's and she's like, "Is that Paul Finch? It's like, is it true that he's equipped 
or I think that's how she described yeah. it. I can't remember. Yeah, um, she and, and like, his first reaction is he he Paul Finch is, showers with showers his with his bathing suit on. And yeah. you could see sort of like the deflation in her her face yes. where it's like uh and then he remembers and it's like, oh yeah, it's it's he's it's fine. Or I don't remember yeah. what he says. He's, but, I think he says it uh, yeah. he's huge. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, thank you. And she moves along and they get all excited. And my other favorite one, I did not catch this joke until about my fourth or fifth viewing. Mm-hmm. It was when Jim's dad like knocks on the door to bring in the porn magazines. Yeah. The, the, the more risque magazines. Um, Jim's messing with condoms. Yeah. And he's, he, he scurries to, to get the condoms in the drawer. When when they're done with that whole thing where where Jim's dad opens the drawer and sees the the open condom and he's like you know it's it's like safer than a tube sock he yeah. closes or and he walks away when he walks away he has one of the condoms stuck on his ass oh my god I didn't even it's on the back that. of his pants I didn't even notice I did it until not like my even notice that as he's walking out oh and Jim Jim notices it because I can see it now because I've watched it like thirty times yeah uh, <laughs> if he walks out Jim notices a condom and he just he deflates too in, in that yeah. moment. <laughs> to me, that's my my favorite subtle joke. I don't know if it was an accident or if it was planned. Like they 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 put you know stick them or some kind of stuff on his pants, but it was fantastic. He's got a condom stuck to his stuck to the back of his pants. I mean, Eugene Levy is basically the MVP of pretty much any movie that he's in. Uh, yeah. Had, were you familiar with him before this movie? Oh, absolutely. I grew up with reruns of uh, of SCTV. SCTV? Okay. Uh, I saw like Armed and Dangerous. Uh, I had, I was a big fan of Waiting for Guffman. Yeah, I uh, I I had seen Waiting for Guffman, but I hadn't seen I I hadn't gotten into Christopher Guest. I mean, obviously this was before Bets and Show anyway. But I mean, I hadn't I I'd seen Waiting for Guffman in theaters actually, and I really I really liked it. But it's like I didn't really, you know, stay. It, it wasn't a movie that I rewatched necessarily until Best in Show, and by then I was hooked on what Christopher Guest and them were doing. Oh, um, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I had seen, I had seen, I had not watched SCTV. Uh, I I need to watch SCTV at some point because of the fact that so many great people are have been a part. That's of That's where I fell in love with <laughs> um, with Bob and Doug McKenzie, uh, uh, Ed Grimley when I was a kid. I would do the Ed Grimley dance, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'd be I'd be stupid with it. But John Candy was the reason why I watched because they would show SCTV after Saturday Night Live, yeah. And I would stay up I would stay up on Friday nights watching my midnight uh, creature double feature like black and white horror theater on on my local channels. But after mm-hmm. S- I'd watch SNL, and then after SNL there was SCTV, and that's where I I called it the, I called it the John Candy show because <laughs> I was I was still young. Yeah, but I I love, absolutely love John Candy. I idolize that man. Same mm. with Chris Farley. And yeah, I John I rewatched Machine. I rewatched The Great Outdoors recently. It's like, oh my god, I miss him so much. Yeah, like, he was so good. He's so I hate good. that he's gonna fade into obscurity quicker than sooner than later. But yeah, but yeah, that, that but that joke with you with it, with him is my favorite. And they could have easily like you know, did a close up so we, we saw the jokes like with the girl holding up her hands and, mm. and the condom. And there's a couple other ones that I, I didn't write down, but but I really like that they filmed it that way because it's like a little bit more that you could find with the movie after a couple of viewings. Yeah, and because of the fact that it's like it 
like a lesser filmmaker would and I mean that points to the fact that like the the White's brother or I think they're brothers. Um, although I mean I know the movie is credited to Paul, but I know Chris like has an uncredited directing credit on it. Right. Um, I mean it's funny because arguably Chris got the more uh, the bigger opportunities after this. Um, because of the fact that he ended up freaking directing a Twilight movie at this, like, 10 oh, years that's later. Right. He did. Um, <laughs> and, but Paul, but I think, did they both, I can't remember, did they both direct Without Boy, or was it just Paul? Oh, man. I don't know. I, I know no they, idea. I, I can't remember whether it was one of them or both of them, but Yeah. Like, I think that was, like... Because they didn't direct any of the sequels. Um, I don't think. I don't think they directed two. I think they were uh, executive producers, or at least co-producers. Yeah, they were... Yeah, I mean, they were producers on it, but I don't think they ever directed... I don't think they directed any of the sequels. But, um, yeah, and... but uh, They both, about... they both uh, were credited as directors on About a Boy. Okay. All right. Um, so, but what you're, but I, I like what you're getting and there's, you know, and it's like lesser filmmakers would have made those, the zoom ins, the zoom ins and the stuff joke. like that to emphasize the joke as opposed to, you know, what they did, which is like, oh, you'll catch it if you, you know, really pay attention to it. If not, yeah. you know, that's fine. But, Some of my know, favorite jokes in films are really subtle, mm-hmm. like really subtle stuff. It doesn't have to be disaster movie. Here's a joke in your face kind of thing. Yeah. And I think it's more, I wouldn't say sophisticated. I just think it's more, uh, it, it's a comedy that doesn't call you kind of stupid. Yeah. It doesn't think the audience is like John and JQ dumbass. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, and it's it's something that really it is a movie that has a little bit more for everybody than I think, you know, you might expect. I mean, yeah, teenagers and stuff like that are more the audience for this. But I mean, the fact that like I can put this on in my forties now and you know still be enjoy still enjoy the movie is is really a credit to how well they. Uh, how well they told this story and really uh, made a movie that 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 does uh, stand up pretty well over time. I do. My last, the last note I have here is about the ending. Yeah, I'd like to touch on the ending before we close it up here. Okay. I don't think all of them should have had sex that night. Hmm. I think it was kind of lazy screenwriting. I know Oz doesn't tell the boys that he, him, and Heather had sex on the in the boathouse, yeah. but he still had sex that night. I really think Oz should not have had sex that night. I, I really feel like I know it's more probably more satisfying, happy ending that all the boys got to lose their V card on prom night, but I really I don't I feel it's kind of out of Heather's character to yeah. just jump in the sack with with him, mm-hmm. uh, especially after the the Rocky kind of relationship they had. Yeah, because it was only a few months or a couple months before um, graduation that he joined the the choir, and and she and him were already on again, off again. Um, I don't feel like her character would have had sex with him that night. Yeah, and well, and that's the thing. Like it's I 
I mean, you know, you you see them you see them holding each other and it's like it's it's obvious that they're naked uh under the sleeping bag on the on the pier. Yeah. But I oh I never really felt like they I mean, maybe it's because of the fact that I'm sort of taking the fact that Oz, you know, doesn't tell them, you know, about having sex at va- face value. I never necessarily thought that they had sex that night. The but at the same time it's like yeah, you you, it it is kind of obvious that they probably did. Yeah, because I th- I believe Mina Mina was uh, underage, right? Because she was underage in America yeah. American Beauty too. Wasn't there was kind of a a bit of a scandal because she showed her breasts? Yes, yes, that's right. I can't. Or was remember... it? Or was that Thora? Was Thora underage? Oh God! How when that? Oh maybe. man. I just opened up a wormhole. Uh-huh. Yeah, I need to just. Well, I'll do some research later. But yeah, uh, yeah I think it was, I think Heather was being same with Finch. We never see Finch touch Stifler's mom because he was seventeen. We never yeah. we we never see them in, in you know even touch hands or engage in any kind of emotional or right. you know seductive anything other than looking at each other and talking. Right. Uh, because it was just an underage thing. Okay, so she was okay. She was actually twenty when both okay. American Beauty and American Pie came out. So yeah, they were. She was. She she would have been of. She would have been of age when she was filming those. Okay, so, so what, yeah, what, it, it might have been with <laughs> Thora Birch. I know she was like emancipated when she was like fourteen or fifteen, right? I, I don't know. I don't know. That's another podcast and yeah, <laughs> celebrity <laughs> younger child. Child actor emancipations. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we can tie it in with talking about uh, Rob Reiner's North. Um, oh. Wait, I also, ha- I sorry, I missed one, another one of my notes before no, we fine. move on. <laughs> uh, talking about the how this movie changed uh, for at least a long time, even to this day, uh, the vernacular of the uh, the the United States, like the, you know, or even around the world for all I know, the word MILF, it was, yeah. it existed in, I, as a porn category, but mm-hmm. it was never brought to the forefront until this film, this film popularized the, the yeah, MILF. Yeah, I, I'd never heard of it. I had never, yeah, I had never heard it before. So yeah, that was, uh, and that and, uh, this one time at band camp. Yeah. <laughs> I I still say that crap because I'll be like this one time when I'm telling people stories and then mm-hmm. I'll be like at band camp yeah and then I'll just move on with my story <laughs> yeah and I did go to band camp mm-hmm. oh I I I do have memories from band camp not necessarily uh not not necessarily dirty ones but I mean I have memories of band camp I mean yeah ours were <laughs> ours were pretty uh pretty intense but uh we didn't get, yeah. we didn't get to go to a campground our band camp was a daily camp thing that <laughs> we went home we went home at night yeah i mean we would so we would i know we would have like we're going way off topic but i mean you know whatever we'll talk about so i i had you know and you know just be really quick i had uh they th- we would typically have like a week band camp where yeah we would go home it was just at the high school and then we would have a week long band camp at uh West Georgia College. So that's so we we like we started band camp early. 
Like we we started rehearsing early for like marching bands stuff like that. So like we we would start rehearsing in like July at the end of July. But I mean we would also get into school like mid August or so. So okay. Now they go back to high school in August in mid late July, which blows my freaking mind. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, did you have anything else you had to say about American Pie? I'm pretty sure that's it. You know, that okay. I love I love how they changed the vernacular of a of mm-hmm. us of the way we speak, and uh, just I absolutely absolutely love this movie, and and I, I will stand by. I think it is the '90s version of Breakfast Club, okay. and I'll even do, add the uh, the little asterisk that it shares it with uh, Days and Confused. Days and Confused. I, yeah. I'll call it the late '90s version of Breakfast. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I do think it probably is closer to uh, closer to this generation's Breakfast Club than Days and Confused, just because I have a feeling Days and Confused is like what our our generation cap- uh probably caught up with Days and Confused later, as opposed later in life, as opposed to necessarily you know seeing it during high school and stuff like that. Right, and I saw. It. I saw it uh, on VHS like right after it came out on on tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like fourteen or fifteen, and I didn't really understand the partying yeah. until I started partying and I watched it again. And I was like, "This movie's awesome!" <laughs> it's not just a great soundtrack and a timepiece. Yeah, or period piece. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I I enjoy American Pie, and it's like God, this this it, it's funny. One of the things that occurred to me, you know, earlier earlier this year when I was thinking about. Uh, the summer of 99, like, this was a very weird summer because there was, like, it's not summer in the way that we think about summer now because the way we think of summer now typically revolves around big blockbusters. There really were not a lot of big blockbusters that summer. And it's because of the fact that everything basically got was trying to get out of the way for Star Wars. Yep. And but you had Austin Powers, Spy Who Shagged Me, and you had American Pie, and like so you had two big comedies. I mean, this American Pie was sort of like the capper on a first half of 1999 with a lot of like the late 90s teen movie boom. Basically, was basically was at its peak. In ninety nine, yeah. because you had so, varsity blues, you had cheese, all that, you had cruel. Drive me crazy. Drive me crazy. That's right. <laughs> um, you had ten things I hate about you, and then you had a election, which oh, was yeah. a little bit of an artier uh, version of a teen movie, but it's still a high school set movie. And yeah. then you had American Pie, and so it's like. It it really sort of put a bow on this era of this this run of teen movies that I mean people still you know people still reference for one reason or another and it's like it's not a bad run of teen movies either it's it's no. a pretty decent run actually and yeah American Pie is definitely a big part of that absolutely. Well, Marv, thank you very much for joining me once again. Uh, it's always good to uh, talk to you, and uh, 
I know we're we're gonna have at least one more for uh, nineteen ninety nine coming up, and I'm gonna be which one's that? I would be any you, given you Sunday if I the, remember. Yes, any given Sunday. I yeah. didn't know I didn't know if you want to bury the lead or not. No, because I'm still trying to figure out which one you're talking about on your on, on Facebook when you're like I'm watching a movie for <laughs> it's, it's forgotten, but it's it is it, oh man. I I thought, I I thought I I thought I eventually. I, I thought eventually well that podcast is coming out tomorrow anyway so um oh, yeah I'll be wait uh, it's, I'll, but, I'll keep um, it a mystery even if you revealed it I missed it so it's gonna be a mystery for me <laughs> but thank you for having me I absolutely love talking movies with you yeah I'd like to thank Mark Dickey for joining me today on the podcast it's always good to talk to him about movies uh, as we talked about we're also gonna have any given Sunday the Oliver Stone football movie from 1999 to discuss on the podcast, and we might also uh, make room for another Oliver Stone movie. I don't know. Uh, We'll try. For now, this is uh, Brian Scuttle with the Sonic Cinema Podcast. Hit me up on patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema for more on uh, movie reviews, including my very first movie review that I sent out to people, and... uh, more uh, special little tidbits like that, as well as uh, some more on the book and um, other other things. The class of 1999 will be continuing with uh, one of the most controversial movies of 1999 and the last film from a great filmmaker, as well as one of the most influential uh, cult comedies of a generation. For now, this is Brian Scuttle. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you have a good day.